Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, we've talked about many different types of gaming systems, but we haven't actually like gone in depth about them. That's a good idea. That's a good point, actually. We've talked about a ton of stuff, but we've never mm-hmm. really... And if you're not, if you haven't been playing games as long as we have, or if you don't try different variety of systems, you might just only understand one, maybe two different types of games. So which game should we start out with then? I think we should go with the tried and true classic of D&D. Sure. Dungeons and Dragons, of course, uh, invented in the like early 70s by Gary Gygax. Uh, version one was incredibly unbalanced from those that I know that have played it, um, as was two. If you were a, a magic user by like level 10 or 15, uh, depending on the system, you were a god. Yep. They tried to fix that in version 3. I never really played 3. We, we jumped right to 3.5, and that's where I cut my teeth on gaming. It's actually my first game was a D&D 3.5 game. And um, then 4 came out, what, early 2010s, I think, is when version 4? 2008, 2010-ish, and that around went, there. That just bombed. I don't yeah, know we never, economy. we never tried that one. They made it very video gamey, like very video gamey. And then, of course, about version 5 is out now, which I think is um, really a good balance if you're just getting into gaming. It's closer to the form of how the previous D&Ds have been, but a lot more balanced and a lot more simplified, yeah. which helps a lot of people get into it compared to 3.5, where you're not spending 20 minutes looking up grappling rules. Well, and so just as a little teaser, you and I are working on another book. And uh, the book we're working on is a uh, uh, 5e uh, characters, pre-made yes. characters going from level 1, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, and even 18 for every one of the classes. So that, because um, I know as a DM, one of the hardest things you have to do is to come up with the stat blocks of things. And so mm-hmm. having the ability to plug in a, a wizard or a cleric and have their spell lists already ready to go, their hit dice, their armor, their items yeah really nice so the nice thing is let's talk about that for a second so in dungeons and dragons 5e you can do that you can create a modular kind of system that we're doing and uh, i know remember when you first pitched that idea to me i was thinking D 3.5 and just to give you guys an idea D 3.5 is you need to read the rules as a player like you have to immensely read 100 200 pages just to even get into the game and yeah, it's it's steep. It's steep. It's a it, the learning curve is like a cliff, and you got to climb it without any uh, you know no ropes. And that's assuming no magic. That's <laughs> assuming you're not even playing a magic caster. Yeah, if you're going to be a DM, it's worse. It's like an inverted climb. You're you know it's it's ridiculous. Um, and there are I don't know probably fifty or sixty different books, and each one of those adds different things or breaks the ever living you know out of all of your. <laughs> There's games. way more books than 60, but yeah, it, okay. all of them break each other. Yeah, so anyways, five, 3.5 had a lot of issues. And the other problem, too, was um, by level 8, a fighter was worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, the wizard could actually conjure something up uh, much quicker that could take a lot more damage and deal more damage than a fighter could. Yep. There's actually a and d tier list for all the classes for 3.5 and... All of the spellcasters are tier one and tier two. Meaning gods. Basically, they whatever situation you can throw them at, they're good at. And then like your fighters and your rangers and your rogues are tier threes and fours, which means that they can do their job. And that's about it. If that. 
if that. And then there's and then all five the spin-off and classes. sixes or can't even do their job. And the only one that's in six is True Namer, which is just broken. Yeah, I tried playing. I looked at the True Namer and I realized there's nothing. You can't do anything with this guy. It's a good concept, but it doesn't work. I played a Shadow Mage for a while. That that thing didn't work either. Couldn't do its job. I mean, it was like a tier five. It was. I mean, I couldn't even cast enough spells to make it a bit of difference. It was the worst thing in the world. Um, and it was frustrating. Yep. Uh, you play a spellcaster to be a god in 3-5, yeah. and I couldn't even do that. I mean, yeah, the problem that you have with 3-5 is a poorly managed cleric is always better than a min-max fighter or a min-max ranger. Yeah. So, D&D 5. If you're playing D&D 5, then you're probably not understanding any of this, but... The one advantage of D&D 5 is they've actually made everything a lot more modular, a lot more easy to understand. A lot more balanced. A lot more balanced, where the fighter and the wizard are... One is not outpacing the other at an exponential scale, anyway. Um, and so, for that, it has advantages. Of course, in, in so doing, they actually took D&D to a low magic system. So, if you don't know the difference uh, between low magic and high magic, think of Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is a low magic system, Right. Gandalf, for being a wizard, casts light and make myself look bigger in a hobbit hole as I make threatening gestures. And uh, then you only have something else. four maybe. to five magical items that, that are shown, like Sting, yeah. the Mithril Chain. Well, and the Mithril wasn't magic. It was just rare. So. so Sting and the Ring, I think that's all the magic that they had, minus like weird magical things like Palantirs and, and stuff like that. And just a couple of things, but... The, the system looked like, you know, back in an earlier age, there was a lot more magic. And now we just kind of have my brother's hand-me-downs that he didn't lose, you know, or get stolen. In a high magic system, um, magic is just kind of everywhere. Everyone has magic. It, magic is... It, Harry Potter... Is in, a high magic. In the world of Harry Potter. Not the like the muggle world, but in the world of Harry Potter, it's high magic. Everybody you meet as a magician, everybody, everything they do, they're using magic to stir pots on the stove, for God's sake. They have a, you know, they have a broom that is sweeping the floor done by magic. Floating candles in a hallway. For no reason. Just because why would you not when you have that much power? Exactly. There's just power evading everything because magic is so prevalent. Um, so D&D 3.5 uh, felt more high magic. Um, there's Definitely. magical items everywhere. You got your first plus one weapon by level three. Otherwise, you weren't doing it right. Or um, level six for the lower magic campaigns for the 3.5. Yeah, even if you're playing a Regardless, low magic. Regardless, you're not even hitting level seven before you have at least a plus one and for everybody in the, par- in the party. Yeah. And so, but for, you know, so... There's a difference for there. Now, the advantage of Dungeons and Dragons is everybody, most everybody's probably played it in the world. And so somebody's like, why are you even covering this? Well, the reason to cover this is Dungeons and Dragons will be the baseline for which the rest of the episodes will take place. We're going to cover a bunch of other different systems. And it really is a good idea to, to compare them to Dungeons and Dragons. So one of the things that Dungeons and Dragons does for most players is it's very much centered on a map with miniatures and um, the distances of how fast you can move and uh, the area of a spell and all this are very critical to the rules. Absolutely critical. So you find yourself spending a lot of money on a, I mean, we have a four by three foot map. Um, we have, you know, four different colors of markers that we can use on it. We have, we have 3D printed Things mm-hmm. like fire, you know, campfires and tents and other things to throw in to make it look more realistic than just weird lines on a page and, you know, my horrible drawing of a door. Um, 
you know, so you have that kind of a thing, that nostalgia with D&D. And many of the other games types don't actually have that at all. Uh, you play them in your head fully. There is no map. There are no miniatures. There's no real calculation of distance. It's, I want to do X to that guy. Yeah, okay, fine. You run up and you do that. Roll me to see what happens. Roll this to see what mm-hmm. happens. Where with Dungeons & Dragons, it's um, or like a Warhammer type of a game. You're pulling out a ruler, or you're looking at a um, you're looking at the mat to count how many squares you can move, and you're trying to figure out the horrible rules. At least in three five, I move two diagonal squares. So how many feet is that? Oh, that's mm-hmm. fifteen, not ten. Okay, well, <laughs> you just keep. I doing mean, the that. advantage with D and D or any of those is it's easier on the DM because you're not having to remember distances and know how much, how fast the character can run to see if it's even possible for him to get there. Yeah, because how much is your speed? 60 feet. So he's 80 feet out. So you're going to have to double move to get there. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, I want to charge. Okay, great. We'll just deal with charging rules for a second. Compared to having to think about the scenario, come up with how many feet he is, figure out on his sheet how long it is, and then try to go from there. Right. So, I mean, the nice thing with the Dungeons & Dragons is it's very um, tactile, meaning mm-hmm. you can easily see the play mat. You can easily have a wall. You can easily go and say, well... You don't have low light vision, so you can't see past here, or you do, so you can see a little further. Can my character shoot X? Well, let, well, let's go grab a pencil and see if he can find. If yeah. can see if he can see Does him. It line up. Oh, he can. Yeah. Or oh no, there's a there's a wall in the way. Or he's got partial cover now, so yeah, you can shoot, but it's at a fifty percent mischance. So roll to hit, and then roll high to confirm that you could hit yep. him on the fifty percent. Compared to having to play the haunter scenario back through. All of your guys' heads to see, does it actually make sense yeah. for that to work? So Dungeons & Dragons in that regard is probably why it's the entry point is because it is the most... And I don't mean to say... Some people are going to hear this as... I don't mean this in like a derogatory term. It's the most basic in terms of what you can do with it because it's so... Um, it's so nice, actually, in how it's laid out. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean it's a derogatory term. I just mean it as a... They've done a really good job for entry-level people to come in and just take take over it without a lot of fuss, minus the rule cliffhanger, which is still big in 5, but not as bad as it was in some of the other... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So that's that's D&D. Hopefully you join us for the rest of the series, because we're going to start delving into other games that we've talked about a lot on here, like Knight's Black Agents and Shadowrun and other things like that. And it'd be really good if you guys stuck around for those, because you might want to pick out... Uh, pick up another type of RPG and try your hand at it on the gaming table. Yeah, it does mean you're going to have to learn another rule set, but some of these other games have a lot less rules. So if you're thinking, I got to pick up an entirely new thing like Dungeons and Dragons and I got to spend 50 hours of my day or thousands of hours of my day, the answer is you don't. Um, a lot of these are a lot faster to pick up. So we'll see you tomorrow and the next coming days for that. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.